What is up, Titan Nation? This is another episode of Talk of the Titans, the official podcast of the Scottsdale Titans. Today is another special NBA recap of the broadcasters taking over and giving our analysis on what's happening with the NBA. We still got a couple months until kickoff of the ABA and the Scottsdale Titans, so we'll get you up to date on them for sure. But today we wanted to go ahead and talk about some exciting NBA action, maybe throw in a little bit of some of that first couple of weeks of the NFL, but We'd like to welcome in Nick Campbell. How are you doing today, Nick? Good. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Nice little uh, cloudy day today. It's not too hot, so it's I, I like cloudy days. So it's a pretty nice day. Yeah. And First day also, of fall. Um, oh, really? I didn't know that. And yes. it's also we're recording later in the morning, so I'm more awake this time. <laughs> for sure for sure well let's kick right into it right now we're talking about the western and eastern conference finals we got in the west we got the lakers and denver nuggets the lakers up at 2-0 right now then in the eastern conference we got the boston celtics against the miami heat the miami heat are up to two to one right now in that series we had a couple uh, day rest and now today we got lakers and denver playing again but before we get into what's happening right now, let's go ahead and look back at what happened in the second round, the semifinals. Um, I guess let's go to the main thing, uh, the Clippers losing in seven. What do you think about that, Nick? Um, surprising, especially the way that they lost. I mean, that game seven was just like awful. That was a horrible game. I just, I didn't see that coming. I believed in them. But. Like the last time we were talking about it, we were talking about the whole like, you know, Kawhi Leonard's number one, Paul George is number two. Um, yes. And Paul George didn't show up and Kawhi Leonard was having a tough time. I, I'm not going to ever bash on Kawhi Leonard because I know what he can do. He's done it on multiple teams. So I know he's not the issue. I and mean, he maybe he's just not enough of an energizer or outreacher to make his other teammates like step up. But Paul George he needs more help man I, Paul George just isn't the Paul George of the past yeah I guess not and um Kawhi like I don't know that was just weird like he was not trying to score he was just trying to facilitate the whole time and not doing a very good job of it um and he's never had that problem before he's always been a player that I think makes his teammates better but I don't know what what uh, went on with him in that game, and I guess you're right about Paul George at this point. It's just he keeps not showing up sometimes, so yeah, he needs some help. But the but, biggest issue now is that they've already committed so much money to Paul George, and you're not going to be able to move him. Nobody's going to pick up that contract. I mean, he either needs to step up or you're going to be in another little hole that they had when they had the big three with DeAndre and Blake and Chris Paul. Yeah, they had that big trade for Paul George that just everyone freaked out about. And, and I believe that we signed it, didn't they? They paid him some kind of money. Um, yeah, they, his contract ended not long after he got traded, right? And then did they re-sign him or did they just know. extend him? I'm not really sure, but... I have to check that out. That but, but moving forward on that I think Kawhi was just trying to get his team started because he knows that he's not gonna be able to take on that team by himself he needs everybody to get started and that's a it's kind of a big role player team but it's hard when you don't have somebody that's gonna step up and take that role and going even further back to that big three 
with Doc Rivers. Um, at what point do we start blaming Doc Rivers for not getting the the Clippers to the Eastern to Western Conference Finals? Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, you always want to blame the coach, and I mean, I kind of want to because on paper it seems like they should have done a lot better. They should have at least gone to the conference finals. But really, I don't know the full story. Like, Doc Rivers has always been a good coach. I don't think he's got a bad system or anything. But this does kind of happen with him. He's got teams that are really good, but they never make it over the hump. So maybe it's the same thing again. I don't know. Now, I know he has a pretty good say about who comes in and who's playing on his team and all that. Do you think his vision of players and what he's putting together is just kind of not there? I, I just don't see this squad as a championship team. Like when I go down the roster and I read it on paper, I don't see championship. When I watch them play on TV, I don't see championship. Yeah, they have glimpses of greatness when they're playing as a team, but it's easy to play as a team and be killing when you're ahead all the time. And when you have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard kind of getting you up ahead a little bit at a time, it's easier to have that confidence to go out and shoot. But clearly when they're behind, and not only that, giving up big leads, they can't close. Yeah, that's true. And I don't know, like, I kind of disagree. Well, now maybe I'm agreeing with you, but at first I was looking at their roster, like, before the season started. And I was just thinking Patrick Beverly is really good and, you know, Kawhi, Paul George, uh, Lou Williams, Harold. Like, there's just tons of great role players. So that should be good but it looked like they just didn't have good chemistry or maybe some of the players are washed up I don't know it's I mean it's interesting bring up the chemistry it's only their first year they tried to pull that card right out the bat when everybody was like hey what happened they tried to pull that card so I'm yeah I'll give them a little bit you know you need the chemistry to get on board but how much chemistry do you need everybody was in the same boat they got another whole whatever months off. So it was all basically a brand new season coming in. So what's not, what's even is not an advantage. So I really can't take that card from them when everybody had the same amount of time to get ready. Yeah. Who knows? I, I really don't know. And that's not a very good take or opinion, but yeah, they just fell apart. There was something, something not right. I was reading I was reading an article the other day that apparently when Paul George was given his post game speech it was just kind of just being buffed off and everybody was kind of rolling their eyes so um clearly it's not good they're gonna have to make some kind of change something needs to spark that Clippers offseason whether it's a coaching change or signing a big player or trading somebody something needs to happen in your opinion what would be the one main thing that puts the Clippers back on the map Oh, that's that's hard to say. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think maybe they just need a good third option, like kind of what the Mavs are doing. Like the Mavs are similar because they have a lot of role players, but they have role players that could step in and really be a third option, like Seth Curry or Tim Hardaway. So maybe they just need more players like that. They also have an up-and-coming star that's like the next LeBron James and Michael Jordan and everything put together. Do they? Who who is that? The the Mavericks and Luka. Oh, Doncic. oh I thought I thought you were talking about the Clippers. <laughs> no. Yeah, they have Luka. 
No, maybe I exaggerated a little too much, but I mean, he's just being phenomenal. The way he played this year was just mm-hmm. lights out. That was crazy. And if that's what's to come from a 21-year-old for years to come, then it's going to be something crazy. Oh, no. Yeah, I think it will be. I think he's going to be the next great player. So, I mean, they got, they got somebody that can control the game. I mean, he has experience of controlling games in Europe, which are probably I would find to be more of a mental and chess game in Europe, European basketball more so than it is in the American basketball. American basketball is more like systematic. You go straight at it in Europe, but you, you know, they're kind of like play a little bit on the fly. They got their plays, they're athletic, and, you know, they're very agile to make moves and stuff like that. Yeah, it's um, like more of a finesse, slower yeah, exactly. game. That's exactly the word. It's more of a finesse game. Yeah. So um, let's put that on the back burner. I'm sure the Clippers will do something. Um, let's talk about D'Antoni stepping down. What do you think? Who do you think is a good fit for that coaching spot? And do you think they change up the roster before next year? Um, who are there? Do they have any big free agents in Houston? Um, I don't know. Let's just say for the sake of argument that the, what the roster is now, do they keep yeah. it or do they change it up? Yeah. Well, I mean, we know like Harden and Westbrook are not going anywhere. Um, well, the thing about the Rockets are... Well, do they like, have to I split think, that up? I mean, that's a huge question because that's basically the foundation of that team. I think they should. I don't think that's a very good duo. Like Westbrook and Harden, those are the two... Um, I don't want to say ball hog because that's negative, but they kind of are like... The ball generals. Two biggest... Um, isolation players let's call it that they're the two biggest isolation players in the league and then I think the best thing about the Rockets was D'Antoni's system so I don't know who's gonna step in and recreate that um I feel like you think they go more of a half-court tempo or you think they still go on the running and gun I think they should still go on the running and gun, but I mean, who knows what they're going to do. And I think, I think things are going to change there. Um, Maybe they'll mix their roster up. Maybe not. I think they should break up Westbrook and Harden and try something different because I don't really think that's a championship team, especially now with Stan Tony. I'm I'm kind of one of those guys that loves to read the rumor mill. You know, I like to see what's on the grapevine. I don't really trust many things, but there's some things I'll read. I'll be like, hmm, that actually seems kind of interesting. And there was one that I was reading yesterday or day before that says a possible trade of making the big three in in Lakers nation of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. I would assume that we'd be trading away maybe like a JaVale McGee with a Kuzma and some picks and all that to get Russell Westbrook. What do you think? You think that would work? Hmm, Westbrook. I mean, yeah, I think I wouldn't be surprised if it happened, first of all, because in the NBA, stuff like that happens all the time. And yeah, I mean, West or uh, not Westbrook, but LeBron and AD, like those are two of the best players in the league. And I think I think if people play with LeBron, like he just makes them better. So maybe he could kind of run the offense and facilitate Westbrook. Well, and then you're looking at a two guard plus, uh, I mean, a two forward plus one guard combination instead of having that two guard floor general combination that you've had in Houston. I'm yeah. sure if Houston can get a Harden 
match it up with Kuzma, get JaVale McGee in there or Dwight Howard, whoever they want out of that, and they start putting together a little solid squad there. I mean, it could be a win-win, but I just find it very difficult to see how a team like Houston would be able to give the Lakers an already powerhouse team, somebody like Russell Westbrook, whatever their feelings may be towards each other, whether it's just, it's a tough decision. It's a tough decision, basketball decision. Because then I know that I'm helping create that monster that I eventually have to take out, take out. Yeah, and they're in the same conference, so they're both Western Conference teams. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Harden and Westbrook are both similar players, and they're players that I'm not really sure how they're going to win a championship because they're just so, like, isolation-heavy sometimes to a detriment, you know. Call me old-fashioned, but I just find it impossible to win a championship without some kind of center presence. Like, you got to have some kind of solid foundation down there. I mean, if you can't defend the rim and you're not making your shots from the outside, then what's your plan B? Yeah, exactly. That's why Houston, they're so, like, um, hot and cold. It just depends on if they're going to hit threes or not. And sometimes they don't. Sometimes they rain threes, but... I mean, we're, we're talking, let's, let's just go back and compare it maybe to uh, these Golden State teams that won championships. They had Zaza Pachulia, solid defensive presence down there. They had Andrew Bogut, solid defensive presence down the bottom. They had solid anchors that weren't superstars, but they were solid role, uh, role players that knew what their role was, and they embraced their role, and they were just huge tanks down there, and they held their own. They got the rebounds for that transition that happened, but Nike, on Houston, you got B.J. Tucker down there killing himself. I mean, hell, way to, that's a way to make a player look bad right there. You're putting him into position, whether he is a, a yes coach kind of guy and I'm going to do it for a team, it's still not – you're not doing it for a team because it's not healthy for the team. Yeah, that's true. And the Lakers have that. Um, they have bigs. They have JaVel McGee and Dwight Howard. that like They know their role and do kind of that same thing. JaVale McGee was a, a perfect example for Golden State. He was one, he embraced his role and became a very solid role player and key piece to winning a championship in Golden State. Yeah, that's true. And Houston doesn't have that, especially not since they traded Capella. That was, I think, probably their biggest downfall was letting him go. Like, how, like I just can't, it's like taking the locks off my door. I can't, I, I'm not going to live in my house taking the locks off my door. I mean, that's at least, I, if I know the door's locked, I can start working on the inside and be comfortable with what I'm trying to develop. But I just don't see it with, no, with zero defensive presence down in the post. Yeah, yeah, that was a surprising move. And they're going to have to do something. I'm not sure what, but with Dan Tony gone, I think that's trouble for Houston. Yeah. So let's jump to the Eastern Conference now. We got uh, Boston beat Toronto in seven. We both said it was going to be a toss-up. That was clearly like a flip of a coin. But Boston came out that last game on fire, and they said, we want to take it. And they came out and took it and took that game. What, what, what was your biggest takeaway from that series? Um, just Boston's just a really deep team. They have a lot of – they have a lot of role players. They can do different things. They have – Marcus Smart, he's a great defender and a great three-point shooter. Now he's just getting better and better. Um, Kemba's a really good leader, I think. I mean, I don't know. I don't think that they can really 
stand much of a chance against the Lakers, but they're still a really good team. And I think they probably, like, I would be surprised if Miami makes it, even though they're ahead. I just, I believe in Boston, but who knows? So let's jump over to Miami, Milwaukee. Miami took care of business against Milwaukee. Milwaukee's out. What needs to happen in Milwaukee now? Um, do you think well, that they we were, just do you think they just ride the 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 injury pony and say we're gonna go try it again next year without making big changes, or you think they're gonna come this offseason make some big changes? Because Giannis has already come out publicly and said, hey, you know, he unfollowed everybody except his brother on Twitter and all that stuff. You know how social media is the big teller these days. Yeah. But apparently he talked to management. They said they're going to make something happen. What do you think happens? Um, I don't know what happens, but that's another team. We were talking about the Clippers and how they're kind of like they're a good team, but I guess they're just stagnant, like in the middle of the road kind of. And I think Milwaukee could be a little bit in the same place. There's just something's missing there's i'm not quite sure what it is maybe they need just a really good no, point i've seen chris paul name running around in the mills and the rumor mills for for milwaukee and we were talking about that last time and we're like oh that's not gonna happen but now apparently it's up in the air so if that were to happen i think that's settles them in for at least the next three years as a solid number one in the east yeah for sure that would be that would be a great one two combo and we would have been the ones to predict it first, kind of, if it happened, if you think about it. Well, I mean, we, we were connecting the dots, and that seemed like a good dot to fit in there. Maybe um, that'll happen. I mean, like, I don't think Chris Paul is going to stay in OKC for his whole career or the rest I of think, his career. I think that this year was his big, like, hey, I'm telling you guys, I still got a moment. Like, I just got this team to fifth seed in the West. And now I think he's very serious about his last signing being with full on steam forward going for that championship. Yeah. So he wants, he wants contender or nothing. I'm sure with his next one. So it's Milwaukee's definitely going to be up there. Who knows? Maybe even a, uh, another option going back to uh, LA and play for the Lakers instead of the Clippers. Um, who knows? Maybe they even pick him up with the Clippers, the Clippers are uniting and doc rivers putting bygones be bygones. That would be a, uh, That'd be a big three that would probably make things start working. Probably, yeah. I would say that, um, you know, Houston could try to sign him, but they already had him, and it didn't work out, so. Yeah, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> him and Harden were no, no, no buenos amigos. Yeah, for some reason, I don't know, but there's plenty of places that Chris Paul could go and succeed. So going to um, Boston, Miami, both very young teams, very systematic teams. Miami's got pretty solid teams. They got two of those rookies that just came out of the gate and blew it up. Um, it's 2-1. Who do you think's got the coaching edge here? Brad Stevens or Eric Spolstra? I think Eric Spolstra definitely does. Like, Ooh, I mean, I think I talked about this um, last time I was on here, how people have kind of forgotten about Spolstra, but he's been there for a decade or more at this point he's got a lot of experience he's won a championship I think he's a really good coach and I think that's a big reason why 
Miami has made it so far. I I agree. You know, at first I was a skeptic about Eric, but then in kind of the years coming, especially showing what he's doing now, is clearly shows that his system works and how he coaches is a successful way of coaching when everybody buys into the system. But uh, I gotta, I think Brad is the better coach on this one. You know, he's a younger guy. I'm not, but it has nothing to do with that. But I just think that the way he bolted into this league and took over the Celtics which is a big name franchise. I mean, to come in and be given the keys of the Boston Celtics takes huge confidence. It takes someone really putting their faith in you and he's run with it. He's made this team a successful team that we thought was going to take at least three, four year turnover to rebuild. And he just went bang right back to being relevant again. And he's been relevant for the past years. So, and not with not even sometimes not even huge teams. So I, I think Brad Steven has, a pretty solid system. I think he may get it, especially with the depth that he has on the Celtics. Yeah, that's true. I think um, I kind of like underrate Brad Stevens a little bit because when he first, I remember when the Celtics hired him and I didn't really know who he was or anything. But yeah, like over the last few years, he's definitely proven himself. So... I don't know. We'll see who's better, but I give a slight edge to Spolstra just for experience, I guess. All righty. So going in, let's make our predictions here. I still got the I still got the Lakers and Celtics. What do you think? I think it'll be Lakers and Celtics. All righty. That's the classic matchup, Lakers versus Celtics. You think the Lakers win today? You think they're going to sweep Denver or you think Denver's going to take one? I think they're going to win. I, I don't think Denver can take them. So you think it's a sweep? Probably, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna say, like, I'm not sure, maybe, but I expect a sweep. Yeah, I think, I think Denver gave them a pretty good run for their money game one and game two for sure. And I think with AD coming out the way he's playing, he just lights out right now. I think he's finally coming into his full potential own. And um, that's something I wanted to ask you about, too. Do you think that shot has officially passed the torch from LeBron to AD as the number one option on the Lakers? Um, Maybe, like, as the scoring option. But it seems to me like LeBron's, like, the floor general and, like, a facilitator and a scorer. But Anthony Davis is more, like, primarily a score so so there's five seconds left you can only take it out to one person they're gonna do whatever they're gonna do and take their shot because there's not enough not a whole bunch of time to be getting a whole bunch of passes off there who you pass who you inbounding the ball to i think i'd put the ball in lebron's hands like just to uh give the threat that he would shoot but then he'd probably like dump it off to Anthony Davis. See, but you can't dump it off. I'm saying, I'm saying you're giving it to one person and they're gonna do what they do. Well, that's why I would give it to LeBron though, because he could do either. I don't know. I think I think with that shot, I think he can he's been he just shot two light lights out threes there, and he's yeah, that's, that's a cold-blooded three. That was bad stuff right there. That was a step back three by a big man. That yeah, from name. like a seven foot dude. That's, that's yeah, that was um, he's just out of this world. I so saw I, um, I read an article that said it was like an opinion piece, and it said Anthony Davis is LeBron's best teammate ever, 
do you think that's true? Oh, by far, by far. Yeah. I think the most talented and most physically dominant basketball player that he's ever played with has to be has to yeah. be Anthony Davis. He, I mean, he's got him in his young prime. He's got him right at his prime. You know, Wade was in his prime, but they were still they were kind of like in their older, more mature prime. Like this kid's still explosive, explosive, just coming up and physically dominant. And he'll dunk on you. He can dribble the ball clearly. He can step back three on you now. I mean. Wow, you can run a twenty twenty game on you any day of the week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he obviously has to be, but like even D Wade in his prime, maybe Anthony Davis is more dominant than he was. I think it's his biggest comfort zone he's ever had. I think it's his biggest time that he's been able to go into a game and feel like, okay, if I if I'm not really hitting it, you know, I can um, I can get, I can rely on Anthony Davis, a big man to be down there and start getting physical with people and start setting the tone for this game. Cause you know, it's harder with a guard as a guard, you kind of have to be on your shot. You got to start making shots and drive a little bit as a big man. If you could set that presence down low and then start moving away from the basket. I mean, it's, it's tough. Yeah, that's true. Cause if you get, if you can dominate the middle and then you start bringing out you start bringing him out mid-range, that opens up the center, the center's coming out, or the power forward's coming all the way out there, you're opening up that backside. I mean, it's just so tough with him. I think it's, it's his biggest talent that he's had to be able to, at his disposal, the, to be able to use. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, Anthony Davis, he's got like a little Kevin Garnett and like a little Kevin Durant and just like everything. Yes, with, 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 the, with, the, with, the, with the bulk, because he's solid. You know, yeah. Throw a little, uh, a little three-way mixture of Carl Anthony Towns in there because of his size. Yeah. Also, kind of similar to him too. So, um, moving on from basketball, we got our predictions in. Um, we got about five or six minutes left. Let's get a couple of questions in here. I want to talk to you about LeBron James versus Kobe Covington. What do you think about that tweet, the Kobe Covington and his live speech? after his match um okay well i did not see the speech but i've seen his tweets and everything and i don't know man i mean to me it just seems like he's trying to be tough and get attention pretty much i'm i'm not really sure what beyond that it just seems like um lots of fanfare trying to like start a controversy almost. do you think that this man is really that much of a fan of the politics behind it that he has to go out and be doing these kind of things and making these kind of public expressions about several people um i wonder i don't know i mean maybe it's genuine or maybe it's just to get attention yeah it's i think it's probably all just for show like i don't know like why why else would someone in the spotlight like him do that so then moving off of that and going quickly into the next phase of that question clearly if lebron james was in the the ufc these would be fighting words so if this guy's really that tough and he's clearly kind of bleeding one thing with another and wants to get that tough with somebody at what point do you think technique outweighs or size outweighs technique in a real battle because we're talking about Kobe Covington's 5'11", 170, and LeBron James is 6'9", 250. 
So you're asking me who would win in a fight between yes. LeBron and um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, like this guy has the technique, but just from their body, you would think LeBron would win. Like at what like at what point does it just like he can be hitting LeBron, but it's probably not gonna hurt him. At, like like they will hurt because he's a professional fighter, but it, like physically speaking, the body mass is so different. I mean, and it would be interesting to watch because clearly this he's looking for something and he wants he's just looking for an argument and he knows he's not going to get that fight with somebody because it's a, it's a cross uh, branded sports and everything. So it's clearly just to run his mouth. But like, if you're in a sport where saying those kind of words gets you a fight, then why are you going to say them if you're not actually looking for a fight? Yeah, that, I don't know. I mean, maybe he is looking for a fight, but that wouldn't happen. Um, I think he's just running his mouth and trying to be tough. And I think, I mean, I don't know, like it is interesting just to think about who would, cause I think, I don't think you can underestimate, um, the effect of like a trained UFC fighter. I think he'd get hits on, on LeBron and it would definitely. I'm not sure if he gets some good snacks on him, it's going to hurt like a mother. <laughs> I mean, those leg yeah. whips and stuff like that, that's no joke. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. So it would be close, I think. I don't know who would win, but I might give the edge to the professional UFC fighter. I can see it happening. I can see I can see a good little chin slap and <laughs> NBC yeah. and stuff. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I just find it very sad that um, politics have trickled so far into sports, and now it's becoming more of a political gain and vote swayer instead of actually – conquering the problems that are at hand yeah and people literally fighting over politics like oh yeah like it's probably the worst it's fight. ever been in the most recent history i mean i'm kind of uh it's gonna be a little worrisome come election day i mean i feel like there's gonna be so much i'm going out early i'm gonna get my vote in and i'm going home <laughs> yeah and just see what happens after that Alrighty, so um, real quick, um, what do you think about this week's NFL? I mean, we had a crazy comeback in Dallas. What do you think about that? Oh man, that was uh, a great game for Dak Prescott. He ran in three touchdowns and brought him back. So I don't know. Hopefully, it's momentum for them. What do you think about the play calling though? There was a lot of iffy play calling. Though. They got it back at the end because Greg Zerline's amazing kick and Atlanta's lack of knowledge of the rule. So we kind of got lucky on that. But, I mean, there was a lot of iffy calls that we made. And you think uh, McCarthy becomes more conservative on those calls, or you think he's just going to keep running it the way he runs it? Um, well, I didn't see the game this week, but I did see week one. And I thought there were weird play calls in that also. So that's interesting that you say that. Um, hope. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully he does become, I don't know about more conservative because I'm not sure that I'm that much of a fan of conservative play calling, but just like more smarter risk, I think would be better for McCarthy. Alrighty, alrighty. Any other takeaways from this week or last week, well, first couple of weeks of the NFL? Uh, what, do you think about watching it? what do you think about watching the games no fans or anything um i mean it's probably really weird to play but on tv 
I mean, I don't know, the fake audience sound kind of, you don't really notice it unless they show the stands, you know. It's um, funny you say that. I mean, what do you think? I, I just heard the other day on the radio that in Philadelphia, the PA announcer or the board guy actually put on booze for Carson yeah, Wentz. Carson like, Wentz. Like, only oh, in Philadelphia will you get automated booze for your own team when you control it. He got booed when there were no people in the stands. Like that's yeah, only, man, like that's Philadelphia written all over it. City of brotherly love, man, love it. <laughs> it really is, yeah. It's kind of perfect for them. All righty, well, we're, and that's all the time we got for this week, guys. We're out of time. We don't want to go over our limit here, but thank you very much for being with us, Nick. That was a great conversation. Hopefully, we get to do it again. Yeah, that was fun. Good to talk sports. We'll have to do it at least like after the finals and talk about whatever whatever happens you know for sure for sure so who you got winning today you got the lakers and blowout or you got a tight game you got denver winning uh lakers and a reasonably tight game not too tight but i think they'll win all righty all righty all righty well stay tuned guys we appreciate having you on the on our podcast and having you uh listening to what we got to say once the season starts, we'll be getting you everything CBA, uh, ABA, I'm sorry. We're going to get you all the ABA news. We're going to get you all the news on the Scottsdale Titans. We're going to get you everything up to date, official rosters, and we're going to get you more players. We're going to get, we're going to have all the players on here. We're going to filter through all of them. We're going to have you meet everybody that's a part of this organization because that's what Talking to the Titans is all about, get, like, getting to know who we are as an organization and what we want to bring to the people. So thank you very much, guys. Stay tuned and uh, much love and pay it forward. All right, cool. This was fun. Peace. Nice.